it's legal? Is it okay? How do we know what is right and wrong? Is the law enough to tell us what is good or bad for us? We're digging into this conversation today as we continue our series, Culture Wars. Really getting into some real issues that we face in our culture and how we respond as the church, as believers. And this week we're talking about legal or illegal, what do we do with the law, and where does our right and wrong come from? Welcome back to the New Community Church Podcast. This is week two of our series, Culture Wars, with Pastor Aaron coming up. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great Sunday morning, and it's good to be here with you. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and I'm glad that you're with us. We're in our second week of this series called Culture Wars, and we are dealing with some very difficult topics and some things that as we look around us, um, may, we may feel like, hey, they're very divisive. It may feel like we're at war with other people that see this differently, but We're spending a few weeks just looking at, God, what does your word say? How do we respond as the church and as Christians in this time to these difficult topics? Lord, how do we engage in these kinds of conversations? And so I'm excited for what God is going to challenge us with and even the conversation today. Last week, we tackled politics and you came back. So I guess it wasn't that bad, you guys. You made it back. So, So we're in for another hopefully great conversation this week. We're talking about legal or illegal? And that's a big topic that's going on. Should things be legalized, um, things that have been legal? Should we make those illegal? Like, how do we deal with some of these topics? And as we walk through this series, I just want to keep two things in front of us as we go through this. And the first is, although in culture and many times on social media, these conversations are very divisive, we look at this differently. And there are things that unify us, even as we see these things differently. So we talked about that last week with politics of, hey, we're called as a church to display the love of Christ and to be unified as we look and as we have these conversations, to listen to others, not just to be quick to speak, but to listen to others. And so we want to be unified as we talk about these. The second thing is it's scripture that shapes our lives. And so we're not just looking at the culture around us. We're not even looking at our own experience. Well, I went through this, or this is what happened to me, or I read this somewhere, but we're looking at God's word. God, what does your word say? And how do we reflect that in our lives, God? How do we honor you in that way? And so once again, today we're going to talk about legal or illegal, and how do we approach this conversation? What should our thoughts, what should our conversations be like in this? And as I was thinking about this message and researching this, I came across some laws that we have here in the United States that are very interesting. I wanted to start by sharing some of these with you. I don't know if you realize this or not, but in the state of Alabama, it is actually illegal to drive blindfolded, okay? Don't know if we need this law. If we have to tell people this, maybe you shouldn't have a driver's license, okay? Just saying that, okay? But for some reason, obviously, something happened where they thought, we need to make a law about this. I thought, that's kind of crazy. In Connecticut, it's illegal to sell a pickle that will not bounce. 
Never tried to bounce a pickle off the ground, but I guess that's a thing in Connecticut, okay? So that was a law that they had to create there to make sure the pickles were good, I guess. Um, if it bounces off the floor, I don't know if you still want to eat it, though. So I don't know how that works. Um, in Montana, it is illegal to give a rat as a present. Once again, how did that law come about, okay? Who gave that as a present? No one wants to open that up on Christmas morning. This is one of my favorites. In Arizona, it's illegal for a donkey to sleep in a bathtub. Don't know why that is. I don't know if that's for the donkey's safety, for our safety, or why. And so as I was thinking through this, and there are, there's a whole list of these. You know, all 50 states are represented um, with kind of crazy laws that they have. I know that there are times in a nation's life and, and government leaders where they need to evaluate, do we still need that law? Like, is that still a valid thing that pickles have to be able to balance in order to sell them? Like, do we need those kinds of things? And so there is a time where we should be talking about this. Is this still relevant? Um, do we need to update this? Have things changed? And, but as we do that, I think there's a few mindsets that we need to keep in mind. There's a few things that we need to remember as followers of Christ, as a church of Jesus Christ, even as we're having these kind of discussions and as we're talking about these things of how we should approach this. And so this morning, we're going to go to scripture and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture references this morning. You may not be able to turn to all of them, but I want to encourage you, if you're taking notes, write some of them down. You can go back, um, review these this week, reflect on them as you're thinking about this. And hopefully as you're having these conversations this week, as you're talking to others about hey, what is our thought on things that should be legal or illegal? How should we think about that? We want to look at scripture. And so the first is this, Psalms 19.7. Sorry, Psalms 19.7 says this, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And so the psalmist is saying, hey, there's a law that God has. And when you follow this law, it revives your soul. Like you live differently. There's an energy that you have. The testimony of the Lord is wise. Like it makes even the simple or the foolish people wise. And so if we'll live according to what God says, it's going to look like we're wise, even if we're really not that smart. And that's what the psalmist is saying. In Isaiah 55, um, 8, he says this, God is speaking through the prophet. And he says, my thoughts are are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is saying, hey, there is a law that I have given. There's a way that I've designed this world to go. There are thoughts that I have about your life, the way that your life should function, the way that things should go on. And they're different than yours. I see this differently. And it's higher than your ways. It's higher than your thoughts. It's higher than your laws. In Job chapter 38 and 39, in case you're unfamiliar with the story of Job, this is a man who was physically, like he had all of these physical things going on in his body. He had um, tragedy strike his family, his possessions. He lost everything that he had, was a very rich individual. And a few of his friends come over and they start giving him some very bad advice. This is God's punishment. God is judging you, right? And Job begins to cry out, God, where are you at in the midst of this? What's going on? Help me understand this. And God, in Job chapter 38 and 39, reminds him, Job, I'm in control. And I've got this. I know what's going on. And he begins to remind Job, Job, were you there 
When I formed the laws of the earth, were you there? When I formed the mountains and put the oceans in their place, were you there? When I put every star into into place, were you there, Job? When I spoke every animal into creation, Job, were you there at all of that? And then in Job chapter 40, verse 2, he says this, will the one who contends with the Almighty correct God? He's like, Job, you can ask all these questions, but are you actually going to tell me, Job, how the world should function, how everything should go, what should be right, what should be wrong? Are you going to correct me, Job? And he's reminding Job, I've got this. I'm in control. And so as we have these conversations and think about this, we need to remember that I look at God's word first to answer that question, legal or illegal. Because there is a law that is above every other law. There's a law that's above my thoughts or your thoughts, my ideas, your experiences, my experiences. There is a law that God has established. There are things that God has said, and we have to take that into account as we're having these kinds of conversations. Now, it is good to understand when they were talking about this in all the scriptures that I read and much of the the Bible before the time of Jesus, that existed in a theocracy, Now, if you're like, what in the world is that? It's not a democracy. It's not like a dictatorship or a monarch. It's the idea that God's law was above the laws of the land. And that there was something that God had established, but even above that, or the, I'm sorry, that the kings or the political leaders or governors had established, but even above that was the law of God. And so even as they were determining, hey, what should be legal or illegal, they were asking this question along with that, God, what do you say? God, what are your thoughts? It's not just our opinion. It's not what's going on in the political climate of our world. But God, you have something to say about this, and we are listening to you, Lord. And so that's what's taking place. Now, we live in a very different culture and in a very different climate. But as followers of Christ, as we're engaging these conversations, we should be asking that same thing. God, what do you say about this? When we're talking about different drugs, God, what's your opinion on this? You have an opinion. When we're talking about different sexual activities, God, what's your ideas around this? Lord, you have a design. You have a plan for our life. God, what are you saying about this? So when I'm asking that question, I'm going to God's word first and saying, Lord, what is it that you're telling me to do? 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is breathed by God. When you open up the word of God, you're reading words that are breathed by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof for correction, for training in righteousness, that the people of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So God's saying, in my word, I've written down how you should live. I've got the plan for your life. I know what I've designed for you. And he's saying, hey, scripture actually teaches you, how do I live in right relationship with people around me? Like in a society, in the United, how do I do that? How do I honor and love my neighbor? How do I do all of these things? How do I live in a right way? God's word talks about that. And I think sometimes we may think, well, that's thousands of years old. And the Bible teaches us how to pray. The Bible teaches us what to think about God. But it not only does that, it teaches us how to live with one another. It talks about questions like, should it be legal or illegal? Like, are these things according to what God has designed for our life and God's plan for our life? And so we go to scripture. Now, I realize this as I'm challenging you to have these conversations. You may think, well, Aaron, that sounds great. And I understand that. But when I go to school tomorrow or when I'm hanging out with my friends or when I'm in the workplace and we're talking about this, none of those people believe the Bible. So I can't go to Isaiah 55 or I can't tell them what Psalms 19 says. But I think as we start to think about this, we realize 
it's not just something that Scripture affirms that there is a law of God. We look at the world around us, and it's apparent in the way that we live, in the way that we feel, in our thoughts, in our actions, even outside of Scripture. See, there is a law that I think we all know it exists, even if we may not always fully understand where it came from, that we can assert, hey, that's real. And I'm going to give you a number of illustrations from this one speaker and author named Ravi Zacharias. He's a Christian apologist. He, he actually passed away a little bit earlier this year, a few months ago, but great thinker. And he would go to a lot of universities and he would have dialogues like this of like, hey, how do we view the way that we live with other people? And what does Christianity say about that? And he was in this dialogue with someone that thinks probably like people in your family or friends that you have of, well, there is no really higher law. It's just like what the government says. That's how we're called to live our lives. And Dr. Ravi Zacharias is talking with this individual who's an atheist and doesn't believe in God. And this individual is arguing there is no higher law. It's just whatever the government says. It's whatever the culture comes up. It's whatever the society says. And Ravi's trying to figure out how do I illustrate this to this person. And so he's he asked him, so you're saying it's just whatever the government establishes, that's what we should do, that's right and wrong. And the guy said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he says, okay, let me ask you this question. In some governments and in some societies, they eat their neighbor. In other places, they love them. Do you have a personal preference? And the guy knows he's trapped. Like, yeah, I have a personal preference. All of us do, Right. Because it's not just the law of what the government says or even what the society around you says. There is a higher law, and all of us would be like, oh, man, that feels weird. Like, that's not okay. There are certain things when we talk about that even if the government said, hey, maybe that's okay, or other societies would say, hey, we condone that. That's totally fine. We would say, hey, there's something that's not right about that. Something doesn't feel okay about that because on an instinctive level within us, we bear the fingerprints and the marks of God and his law is written in our heart. And that's why it's not just the government saying, hey, it's wrong to kill or steal or, or to take someone else's stuff or to take someone else's life. Like we know that instinctively there's something inside of us because it's not just some legal policy that's been written. God's written it on our hearts. He has a law that supersedes even what we see in the world around us. And so we're listening to his voice saying, God, what are you saying? As we talk about this, even as we wrestle with difficult ideas of, of what's going on in the culture around us and what should be legal or illegal, we're listening to the voice of God as followers of Christ. We're asking him, God, what do you say? And we can even talk to people who don't believe in the Bible because there is this understanding of God. There is a right and wrong that supersedes just what the laws have said or just what policies that government officials have made. And there is a time, there are places in our world right now that have to wrestle with this on a different level than we do here in the United States. But we need to begin to think, God, there is a law that goes above this because there are places and there may even be times in our future where the laws of the land contradict the laws of God. And what do we do as followers of Christ? When we're living in a place and the culture around us is saying, this is okay, and we're saying, but that doesn't, that's not okay. That's not what God says, right? Or they're saying, this is illegal to worship God, to pray, to own scripture, and we're saying, but God's word and the way that God's designed us to live is to be in relationship with him. What do we do when those two things contradict? And we see in scripture how we're called to live in those moments. In Daniel chapter 3, 
And some of you have been with us the past few months. Um, a number of months ago, we did a series over the book of Daniel called Living Among Lions. And we talked about this. In Daniel chapter 3, there are three young men who find themselves outside of the nation of Israel. They've been carried into exile, into captivity in Babylon. And the king there makes a statue, and they're told, you need to bow down and worship this statue. And they know scripture says, hey, you're to worship no other gods. You're not to bow down to any graven images. And so they stand up to the king, and they said, hey, O king, no matter what you do, we're not going to compromise. They choose to live and to operate according to the law of God and not just the law of the land. God, we're not going to compromise. The king gets upset. If you're familiar with this story, he gets mad. He throws them into a furnace, a burning furnace. And God steps up in the middle of that furnace. And the king says, I threw in three men. Now there's four guys walking around in the fire. And he calls them out and he says, there is no God like the God of these three Hebrew men. There's no one else like him. Why? Because there was a law that superseded the law of the king. And the king finally recognized that. There may be moments in your life. I know that there are people at different times that watch this in other places. There may be moments where we have to ask God, is your law in contradiction to what's going on in the world around us, God? And I need to follow what you're saying. God, I need to follow what it is that you're asking me to do because, God, your law is higher. Now, let me clearly explain this, and you need to hear this this morning. This does not give us a right to just violate the laws of the land, okay? Can't do that, you guys. You need to hear this. That is wrong. That's not how you're called to live, okay? You cannot go out and just say, well, I don't follow the laws of of the United States, because I'm a Christian, I follow the laws of God, so I'm just going to do whatever. We have some police officers in this room, and if you're speeding, you cannot tell them, well, I'm a Christian, so I just follow God's law. Not going to work, okay? You're still going to get that ticket, because as followers of Christ, we are called to follow the laws of the land that we're in. Um, Second Peter talks about this. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 13 says this, submit yourself for the Lord's sake, so you need to hear that when you follow the laws that, that the nation has put or the nation that you live in that they put into place, it's for God's sake that you're doing that. It's a reflection of your relationship with God to every human institution, whether to the king or the one in authority, to the governors that are sent um, by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do what's right. Act as free men, but do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as a bond slave of God. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16, it says this, obey the law and you will live, ignore it and you will die. So we're told in scripture, and there are a number of other places where we're told, hey, we're called to follow the law of the land. Just because we're believers in Christ, we can't have freedom to say, hey, I'm going to do just whatever I want to because I'm going to follow God's law and not the laws around me. No, that's not how we're called to live. But we do have to realize, God, you've spoken some things. And as we're having these conversations, as we're dialoguing about these things, God, we need to make sure that you are a key part of the conversation, that we're listening to your voice that we're going to scripture. God, your word talks to us about these things, God. And your word is above everything else, Lord. And so we need to listen to what it is that you're saying. And so my challenge to you is that you're asking that question and that you reflect on, God, am I in your word enough to know what you say? It's a very dangerous thing if you're just living in the culture around you and you're not asking these questions and you don't know God's word enough to know whether or not it should be legal or illegal, that's a very dangerous place to be, church. And that's why it's so vital that we are in Scripture. 
And that as you go into your workplace, and it's not just, well, I think my pastor said something about that. Like, I think he talked about that at some point, and, and I don't think that's okay. No, you need to be able to go to Scripture and say, hey, here's what God's Word says. Here's God's perspective on that. This is what God is talking about as we're dialoguing about these things. You need to know that you're in Scripture enough to know, hey, I can talk about that, whether that should be legal or illegal, because I'm reading God's Word. I'm in God's Word. God's Word is shaping my life. And so we need to look at that. The second thing is this. I ask, is it beneficial before I ask, is it legal or illegal? I ask, is it beneficial? Before I ask, is it legal or illegal? Paul, this writer of the New Testament who wrote a lot of the letters in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 6, 12 says this, all things are lawful for me, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me. Other translations say not everything's beneficial. And so he's saying, as a follower of Christ, I'm not under all of these legal obligations, all of these rules, all of these small, tiny things that I have to do in order to be in right relationship with God. No, I'm saved by grace. He's saying, this may be lawful for me, but that doesn't mean everything's beneficial. That doesn't mean everything's helping me in the way that I should live. And this is, this is the sad truth. Some of us are living as if the government is our moral compass. That's how some, we're kind of mindless in that aspect of, hey, government, just tell me what to do. And that's not the purpose of the government, okay? You need to hear this. The government is established for the safety of its people, to help them live kind of in communities, to provide the infrastructure and some of the systems so that a society can exist. They are not your moral compass, okay? They're there to provide the protection and the safety of, of its constituents and the people that live there, but it's not there to tell you what is right and what is wrong. That's not its purpose. That's not why they exist. And yet that's how so many of us are living. Like, hey, just tell me what's okay. Legalize it and I'll do it, right? Legalize that drug. Well, I guess I'm going to start doing that now. It's okay. Or legalize that sexual. Yeah, that's fine now. We're not actually looking and asking that question. God, is it beneficial? Does this help me reflect you more? Does this show the people around me, God, who you are, your character, your nature, God, what you are in my life, the way that you've designed me to live? Some of us are just waiting for someone out there to tell us what is right and what is wrong. Another quote from Dr. Ravi Zacharias, he says this, we're so handcuffed by momentary gratification. Does it feel good right now? In the tunnel vision of the so-called right and left, we have forgotten there is an up or down. That's how we're categorizing things. Well, that's liberal, that's conservative. How do you feel about it? That's legal, that's illegal. How do you feel about it? And we forgot, no, there is such thing as sin and evil and righteousness and good. There's a way that God has designed us to live. It's not just I'm conservative or I'm liberal. It's God, am I following your path? God, am I following your plan and your design for my life? We need to start asking that. God, is that beneficial in my life? Does that help me, God, in the way that you've called me to live and what you've said over my life, Lord? Are you asking that question as you're having these conversations? God, if I do that, if I do that, does that represent you well? Does that reflect you to the world around me, God? Lord, if I'm living like that and if, if I'm partaking of what others are doing, God, does it represent you well to this society? 
God, does it benefit me? Is it helping me to be the person that you've called me to be? Does it help me in the plan that you've called for my life and the purpose that you've called for my life? This is what we need to be asking, not just is it legal or illegal. God, is this beneficial? As I was writing this message, I thought back to um, one of my favorite movies, Jurassic Park, talking about the old school one, you guys. Okay, so I know some of you weren't even born yet when this came out, but the original Jurassic Park, and this is where they first, right, discovered that um, in this movie, in this fictional world here, that they could create dinosaurs from DNA and cloning and all of these things. And the scientists are flown to this island where the dinosaurs are at. And Jurassic Park, it's this amusement thing. And one of the scientists in this heated discussion and debate says, you were so caught up, if you could, you never stopped and asked if you should. And that line has always just stuck with me. You were so caught up in this idea, can we do this? that you never stopped and asked, should we do this? Should we do this? And I think that's where a lot of people in our nation are at, is, well, we could legalize this. This could be okay. It feels good, so we could do this, and we're not stopping and asking God, is this beneficial? Is this what you want for my life, Lord? Is this how you've called me to live? And so we need to ask that question, is this beneficial? give you one more idea, and it's this. Love my neighbor is the law we should live by, not the pursuit of happiness. Love my neighbor is the law that we should live by, not the pursuit of happiness. So many of us, we're striving for that pursuit of happiness, and we're waiting for the society that we live in to legalize so many things because we feel like it'll make us happy. That's what I'm living for. That's the American dream, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I don't know that that's God's dream for our life. I think God's dream looks more like this, that you and I are called to love our neighbor, to serve those that God has placed around us. And when we're asking that question, legal or illegal, we need to be asking God, does this help me love other people better? Does it help me serve those around me? Does this help me show kindness and justice and compassion, Lord, to those that you have placed in my life? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says this. Jesus is having this conversation. And Jesus replied and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus is saying everything that was written before his time, before his coming, everything that the prophets said, all of the laws in the first five books of the Bible, all of the things that God said, hey, here's how I want you to live, they hang on these two ideas. Are you loving God with everything inside of you? And are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Students, that classmate, that friend that sits across the cafeteria table from you, you're called to love them as yourself. Your coworker, that employee that you don't get along with, the family member that frustrates you, you're called to love them as yourself. That's the law that we're called to. Not just does it feel good for me, is it easy for me, does it make me happy? 
No, God, how am I loving other people well? And as we're in this conversation about legal or illegal, what our country decides, we need to be bringing this to the table. Every other law should hang on these two things. God, am I loving you well, Lord? And am I loving other people well? That's what you've called me to do. And that's how my life should line up, Lord, with those two things. That's how I should be living. One more illustration, and then I want to lead us in a prayer. It's this, that it's remembering a childhood movie that some of you may be familiar with. It's the story of Pinocchio. This is the puppet who wants to become a real boy. He wishes upon a star, and one magical night, the fairy comes, and she turns him into a real boy. But there's some stipulations, there's some guidelines. He has Jiminy Cricket here, that little guy that you can see there in the top hat. And Jiminy Cricket is his conscious. And he's telling him that, hey, as a living boy, not just as a puppet or a robot, you're controlled by someone else, but, but as a living boy, you have to decide how you're going to live, what is right and what is wrong. And he's told to listen to Jiminy Cricket that this little guy that's his conscious is going to help direct him and is going to help guide him. But throughout the movie, Pinocchio starts to not listen. And most of us know he lies and his nose gets really big. But if you remember towards the end of the movie, he goes someplace he's not supposed to go. And he starts drinking, he starts smoking, right? It's this place that's kind of like Pleasure Island and he can do whatever he wants to. And he thinks, man, this is the greatest place, right? This is what every kid dreams of. No parents, no rules, no guidelines. Just do whatever you want to. But there's a consequence that comes with that. And if you guys remember this story, he begins to turn into a donkey. He doesn't even realize it at first, but it just happens. His ears grow, right? His face starts to change. He gets a tail like this happens. He sees it in a little boy next to him, and he's kind of freaking out. And then it's starting to happen to him. And then before he realizes it, he understands that the decisions that he made turned him into something that he did not want to be. He turns into a donkey. Walt Disney uses a little bit more colorful language, but you get the idea. That's what he does. And as I was thinking through that, I thought, that's how so many of us are living. We don't think about the consequences of the actions that we're living out. And maybe even sometimes in our country, in our society, we're not thinking about the consequences of some of the laws that we're creating, some of the things that we're saying, yeah, this is okay to be legal, or no, this should be illegal. We're not thinking through those repercussions. And if we're not careful like Pinocchio, it'll turn us into things that we do not want to be. And it'll take us to places that we do not want to go. And church, we're called as followers of God to live differently, to engage in this conversation differently, to listen to the voice of God as we begin to discuss difficult topics like this and say, God, I want you to weigh in on this. How do you think about this? What do you feel about this topic? God, how would you want me to talk about it? God, how do I love my neighbor well? Is this beneficial? And I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment, maybe bow your head and close your eyes and reflect on this idea of, are we living the way that God wants us to? And if you're here this morning and you're not doing that, Maybe you come to church often, or maybe this is one of your first times here, but you're saying, Aaron, 
I'm not in a right relationship with God. I'm like Pinocchio. I'm trying to do this my own way. And I've been doing just what feels good to me or what I think makes me happy. And I've not been including God in on the conversation. But I want to. I want to pray for you. And the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all missed that mark that God has for our lives. And we can't fix ourselves. We can't try to be good enough on our own. And Jesus, in his grace, has come and paid the price for our sin. That's the purpose of the cross, is he took your punishment and my punishment, and he took that upon himself so we could be made and restored back into right relationship with God. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer with me. And I'm gonna ask all of us to say this together. If you're watching online, repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you, and I realize I've sinned. I'm in need of a savior. So I ask for your forgiveness. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. I pray in your name. Amen. Can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone that may have prayed that prayer for the first time? And if you did, we are so excited. I believe that, that God is doing something new in your heart and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I wanna lead you in one more prayer. And this time I'm gonna ask that you not just repeat after me, but you would have your own conversation. You don't have to say any special words, but just in your own way, would you ask God, Lord, examine my life. Help me to make sure that I'm reflecting you in the way that I'm living and that God would help us to have these kinds of conversations and to bring God into the conversation as we're talking to others about what should be legal or illegal. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that your word challenges us in these ways, Lord. God, that you didn't just create this world and then abandon us, but you do have a plan and you have a purpose, God. And Lord, right now, we live in a time and in a culture where we need your input, God. We need your voice, Lord. We need you speaking even, even into difficult topics like this, Lord. So I pray, God, direct us and guide us, Lord. Help us to hear your voice, Lord. Show us and remind us, God, that you have a law that's above even just the law of the land, God. Remind us that you've called to live in a way that reflects your love, God, to others, Lord. And, and God, that you have a design and a purpose for our life, Lord. God, we want to engage in these conversations. So I pray that this week, let us be the church. Let us be the church in the school. God, let us be the church in our homes, in our workplace, God, and begin to discuss these difficult topics, Lord. And God, to reflect your love and your character to those around us. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. This week, evaluate how you live your life. Is it just by the laws of the land? Is it just by what culture says? Or are there things that you need to start or stop doing as you look at what God's law says in the Bible? Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. We want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co.